millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, Post Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. The Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine met to discuss the Beef Task Force and there was an update on efforts to reinstate the China market. The 2020 Beef Club, a partnership between Glanbia Ireland and Keypack Group, has won a coveted European award. Changes to the Climate Action Bill have been approved by the Shannon, taking account of agriculture's ability to remove or capture carbon. Dairy Gold has partnered with Trees on the Land to supply 20,000 native broadleaf trees to its milk and tillage suppliers. We hear about the latest Mokra activities in the region and John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. A nationwide sectoral dialogue is underway regarding agriculture and related industries. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, began his nationwide sectoral dialogue on 7th of July. He will be visiting farmers, fishers and food producers right across the country. Minister McConnellug will also visit ports and harbours such as Castletown Bear and Greencastle, as well as farming and food producers who play a critical role in Ireland's €14 billion Euro export sector. Minister McConnell said it had been a difficult but historic year for our farmers, fishers and food producers. He paid huge tribute to everyone in the sector for keeping food on our tables, while also ensuring that our world-class export sector continued to grow and flourish. Minister McConnell recognised that we have had COVID-19, Brexit and reforms of the cap, while also contending with our climate change ambitions. Minister McConnell went on to point out that Ireland is the sustainable food capital of the world and this would not be possible without those who catch the fish, milk the cows, lamb the oes and harvest our crops. Now that restrictions allow, he is taking the opportunity to meet people in person, to personally thank them and to hear how he could help make their lives easier. Minister McConnell claimed that, as had been a hallmark of his time as minister, he would be spending the summer listening to as many people as possible in what he called our great sector to get their views and opinions. It's in their sector, the agri-sector and fishery sector, that he wants to hear as many opinions as possible. Minister McConnell concluded his statement by saying that our farmers, fishers, foresters and food producers are the backbone of our rural economies and it's crucially said for rural Ireland that our government would consider their views 
and support them. Part of a statement released on 7th of July by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue, as he began his nationwide sectoral dialogue with farmers, fishers and food producers right across the nation. Minister McConlogue began his tour of the nation by visiting Hoth Harbour and fishers there and White's Farm in North County Dublin. He will end his tour in Galway on 30th of July. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine met this week and one of the topics was engagement with and discussion on the work of the Beef Task Force. It was established by former Minister Michael Creed on foot of the Irish Beef Sector Agreement in 2019. The Beef Task Force remit is to monitor the implementation of the actions arising from the agreement reached and provides for a robust implementation structure for commitments entered into in the agreement. During the discussion at the committee hearing, there was also an update on the efforts to reinstate the China market from Maria Dunn at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. Members will be aware that market access for Irish beef exports has been suspended to China since May of last year. Department officials through the Embassy of Ireland in Beijing continue to engage positively with their Chinese counterparts with a view to regaining market access for Irish beef. There has also been engagement at political and diplomatic level. Ministers McConnellogue and Hayden had a virtual meeting with China's ambassador to Ireland, Ambassador He, in March 2021, at which a number of market access and trade issues were raised. The Minister for Foreign Affairs, Minister Coveney, raised the issue with his counterpart in the Foreign Ministry in May of this year. Most recently, Minister McConnellogue has written to the Minister of GAC, which is the relevant ministry in China, informing him of the revised BSE status awarded to Ireland. Minister McConnellogue noted the strong trade links which have emerged in several areas with China, stretched his desire to see beef exports resume, and offered his officials to engage as relevant to try and resolve this issue. We very much hope and continue to work towards having trade resumed soon, but we must recognise that the timing of this decision lies with the Chinese authorities. In the meantime, the department continues to work to try to gain access to as many new markets as possible and also on the equally challenging work of enhancing and retaining access to existing international markets. Each part is crucial to our mission to expand our global footprint while maintaining our position as a quality food producer and supplier. And another one of our priority markets is for beef is Korea, and most recently, a public consultation on our beef access was concluded there. And following the conclusion of this public consultation, um, Ireland's beef market access is now with the National Assembly for deliberation. It passed to the National Assembly in May. Now, that's just a step further down the road. It's not a conclusion of the process. Nevertheless, it is a very positive step towards getting access for another market which industry has prioritised. Maria Dunn at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, where an update was given to the Joint Committee hearing on reinstating the China market. The 2020 Beef Club, a partnership between Glenbia Ireland and Keypack Group, has won a coveted European award for cooperative innovation in the international competition organised by Kojika. It was shortlisted under the economic value creation category.
The international judging panel, who assessed over 100 entries from across Europe, singled out the 2020 Beef Club's proven credentials and said it represents an outstanding innovation that creates valuable impact in the value chain. Mick O'Dowd is Agribusiness Manager at Keepak and has been telling me more about the 2020 Beef Club and being recognised for a prestigious European award. The 2020 Beef Club was a collaboration between ourselves and Gambia that was launched by the Minister for Agriculture back in April of 2019. And um, I suppose there was lots of motivations behind collaborating between the dairy and the beef industry, but ultimately it was about improving the quality of the calf coming off the dairy herd, the beef calf coming off the dairy herd, uh, and I suppose bringing more certainty and predictability into the production model of that type of animal. This recognition from Kojika, uh, which is uh, the, the Confederation for European Agri Cooperative, it's, I suppose, an endorsement of, of what we're doing, and it, the, the award itself is for economic value creation uh, support to farmer members and um, that's that's a real positive from our perspective because that was a big motivation in, in designing the club when we designed it. And was it a small start? How did it take off and who's involved with it now? What we did was in when we launched it in 2019 Barry we uh, looked for a we kind of called it a pilot phase where we took in about 6,000 calves from over 100 farmers uh, registered about 6,000 calves. So all those uh, calves that were registered at the time, they've now, just in probably in the last couple of weeks, have been processed through the system. So in, in year two, then, the, the 2020-born uh, calves, uh, uh, approximately 20,000 of those have been registered, and they'll start to come through the system from the autumn of this year. And uh, this year, we'll be issuing contracts to about uh, 450 farmers for over 30,000 calves. It's just growing each each year. Uh, we're obviously engaging with the farmer members within the club on an ongoing basis and trying to improve the the program each each year as we go. But look, it, it, it's built primarily on genetics, nutrition, and providing a clear pricing structure for farmers when they register their cows. So it's all it's all about you know certainty, predictability. That's that's the key parts of the programme. And is there certain criteria then that farmers have to step up to if they are to become members of this club with their animals? Yeah, so I suppose step one really is the genetics, you know, and adhering to the to recommended uh, genetics that the, the technical support team within the, the club provides the farmer with. Uh, that's number one. Number two is full traceability on the inputs. So all the inputs and the nutritional inputs that the farmer is using uh, in finishing the animals is are sourced through Glombia, Ireland. Uh, and then for adhering to that, another animal uh, health criteria that are all set out kind of in the contract, the farmer is, is clear on the pricing structure that, that he will achieve when that animal comes to slaughter. So two years out, when he's registering the, the calf, he knows that two years later he will be getting market uh, market value plus X premium, depending on the year, depending on the time of the year, and that will range from like a minimum of fifteen cent up to thirty cent, as I say, depending on the year, and a little bit more if there's uh, Hereford or Angus breeds within that as well. And this European award that you've garnered huge recognition there, Mick, for the 2020 Beef Club. We're very proud of it. Uh, Glombia have, have won the award previously with their Milflex um, product, which has been very successful uh, across their dairy 
farmers. Uh, so we're very proud that uh, th- this kind of collaboration, which really, you know, from a sustainability point of view for the industry is what's needed at the moment. And, we, you know, there's a real, uh, as I say, spirit of collaboration between ourselves, Glambia, and the farmer in developing this program. And Kojika have seen this, identified it and, and, and endorsed it with this award. So we're, we're very happy with that. Miko Dowd, Agri-Business Manager at KeePak. ABP Bandon's water conservation strategy has reduced water consumption at the plant by enough to supply every second house in the town with fresh water for a year. ABP Bandon Environmental Officer Simon Callan says over the last 12 years the plant has seen an overall reduction of 145 million litres in its water consumption. Mr Callanan says ABP is committed to sustainable water management through continually reducing resource consumption and by finding ways to reduce water usage while also ensuring the correct treatment of both processed water and wastewater. ABP Bandon said it strives to ensure it remains a good steward of this critical resource and so have begun the process to certify their site to the Alliance for Water Stewardship Standard. Farm Talk on C103. There has been a call for a review of the Department of Agriculture appeal system to be implemented without any further delay. IFA Deputy President Brian Rush said it's now high time that our Minister for Agriculture, Mr McConnellug, would implement the recommendations of the independent review of the Department of Agriculture Appeals system. Mr Rush said the independent review group was established in response to what he called genuine concerns about the appeals system and this review was carried out and published in 2017. The review, he said, recognised the need for change, making several significant recommendations, including the establishment of an agricultural appeals review panel with an independent chair and also to include a farmer nominee. Mr Rush said, farmers do not perceive the current appeals office to be sufficiently independent. He said, while we don't agree with everything in the review, it was widely acknowledged as being a step forward. Brian Rush said the programme for government committed to this review. The Minister reiterated this commitment at the IFA AGM to establish the appeals panel. He said we're told that legislation is being worked on to make this happen. Mr Rush concluded by saying this review was published over three years ago and the Minister must now ensure that the Independent Agriculture Appeals Review Panel with farmer representation is established and the recommendations of the committee are implemented without any further delay. Farmers could then have confidence in the appeal system and confidence too that their cases would be dealt with fairly, impartially and efficiently. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Reaction continues to the new Common Agricultural Policy deal provisionally agreed between the European Parliament and EU ministers. MEPs still have to ratify the deal in a plenary vote that's expected to take place later in the autumn. The new cap will include higher environmental, climate and animal welfare ambitions that will have to be implemented from January 2023. Europarl Radio's Karen Coleman has been speaking to Ireland South MEP Sean Kelly who gave a response to what's happening now with the New Deal and future votes on it in the European Parliament. I think in terms of the cap in Europe, I think it's going to be ratified by the Council and I think it will be ratified by Parliament. So now it goes back to Member States to see how they can implement it. So this is where the real work begins for the farming organisations in Ireland and from the Minister and the Government to look at what systems can be implemented 
within the uh, flexibilities that are allowed at Irish level. And I think it's very important that proper engagement is taking place. And also one point which I would make is there is a tendency at the Department of Agriculture level to come up with schemes where everybody more or less has to abide by whatever they say in these schemes. And that doesn't allow for the fact that a lot of good work has already done, especially in the whole environmental aspect in some farms. In other words, they have hedgerows, they have woodlands, they have areas which lie fallow. Now, they must be given credit for that, whereas farms that haven't uh, done that, they would be at an advantage in some respects by being able to do all these things by st starting from scratch. And I think that's something that must be looked at. The source sustainability and the environmental uh, credentials of each individual farm must be taken into account. And there is a, a danger, I think, that with these new eco-schemes in particular, that may not happen. I think that's something that needs to be looked at very carefully. What do you think are the sort of top three ways farming is going to change in Ireland and in the rest of the EU, but in Ireland in particular, because of these new cap reforms? Well, I think one point has to be got across very clearly, that every farm has to farm sustainably. There is no point in saying, for instance, oh, we can continue on expanding, increasing our emissions, because if we don't, it's going to be produced in some other country at a higher cost of the environment. I think that argument just doesn't uh, stand up. There will be targets for each sector, for each member state, and I think the best thing to do is that we want to meet these targets. And I know that individual farmers want to do it. What farmer doesn't want to have his farm in pristine condition, both from an agricultural and an environmental um, aspect? But also, of course, they have to make a profit. And that's why the social and economic pillars are going to be very important. And there will have to be supports there for them to make the adaptions that are needed. So I think once those three things are taken into consideration equally, the social, the economic and the environmental aspects, then I think we can get along with it and do very well and reduce emissions by a big amount within the agricultural sector. And of course, they have also huge opportunities in the whole renewable area. This is something that hasn't been developed at all. I was a rapporteur for the EPP for the Renewable Energy File. There is a whole section of that devoted to microgeneration, which hasn't happened. Farmers could do an awful lot if they were given the proper supports, for instance, to put up solar panels on all the sheds around the country. That would generate electricity cheaply, renewably, and all adding to our reduction of emissions. So there are quite a number of ways that things can be done. They must come up with the plans, and they must come up with the incentives. Ireland's South MBP Sean Kelly speaking to Europarl Radio's Karen Coleman at the European Parliament in Brussels. Experimental work is continuing to obtain a biodegradable variety of plastic covering for maize that follows the banning recently of the current type of plastic traditionally used at sowing time for maize. Under the European Union's Single-Use Plastic Directive, EU 2019-904, the plastic used to cover maize in Ireland has been banned since Thursday 1st of July 2021. The substitute type of plastic costs more financially than the single-use variety, which is oxidegradable, 
but is more costly in terms of environmental pollution. Maize growers will be hoping there will be a breakthrough in creating an EU-compliant variety of plastic in time for the sowing season for maize next year. The current alternative plastic available is between 60 and 70% more expensive than the banned single-use variety. Meanwhile, farmers are acting to ensure used plastic sheeting and other plastic-made items used on the farm do not get into the wider environment. They are using bring sites, and cork bring sites for July are opened as follows. Charleville Showgrounds, Monday and Tuesday, 26th of July and 27th of July. Dairy Gold, Lombardstown Mallow, Thursday, 29th of July. Delamore O'Regan's Transport Yard, Saturday, 31st of July. Opening hours at the sites are usually 9am to 5pm with all anti-Covid measures in operation. Farmers attending the bring sites are kindly asked to observe all of the social distancing requirements in operation at the bring sites. To confirm arrangements regarding opening hours, charges and varieties of waste plastic accepted, kindly contact 1890-300-444. That's a phone 1890 300 treble 4 or the following website www.farmplastics.ie all lowercase Waste plastics being taken to the bring sites should be securely loaded to avoid littering the countryside and defeating the whole purpose of the bring sites John O'Connor for Farm Talk Farm Talk on C103 Welcome back the Shannon has voted to amend the Climate Action Bill to take account of agriculture's ability to remove or capture carbon. It emphasises the importance of affording credit to the agri-sector by recognising and rewarding its significance. Joining me to discuss the changes made to the Climate Action Bill is Cork Senator Tim Lumbert, who described the changes as a game-changer. So the amendment that we propose in the Shannon basically means that the carbon sequestration of your your bogs, your hedgerows, your grasslands, now will all be taken into consideration regarding the carbon budget for the agricultural community. So we are the only community that have the ability to remove carbon from the actual circle itself. And because of that, it, uh, we didn't get due recognition in the bill. The amendment that I propose basically makes the opportunity now for the farmland that we have to be taken into consideration when we're doing the budget. So it really is a game changer because unfortunately the agricultural community have been vilified regarding this bill over the last few weeks and months. What we're really doing here is they're a part of the solution. In many ways, they can deliver the actual carbon removals that we require. When you compare it with other sectors like transport, agriculture is well ahead at this time. Yeah, and look, there's been major changes in particular in the last few years, whether it's through our how we spread our slurry with the trailing shoe or even with new nitrogen that's been brought forward onto the market as well. And there's an awful lot of changes going to come in agriculture in the next decade. And we have an issue regarding how we actually control our emissions going forward. But also we have to take into consideration the actual soils we have have the real potential to actually tie carbon up for a permanent long, long period. And that wasn't in the bill. And I think if you look at the work being done in particular by Carberry Group regarding the Farm uh, Zero Programme in Bandon, like that's a game changer in many ways, having a test farm over a five-year period measuring how much carbon is going to be tied up within their soils and within their hedgerows. And that's the kind of technology 
that now we're allowing for in the bill by amending the actual bill itself. Can the agri-sector have an expectation now that they'll be rewarded for these initiatives in achieving the carbon reduction targets? Yeah, and I think that was the big thing. Without this change, the agricultural community could make all the changes in the world, but they weren't getting the benefits for it. Because we've the word removed is put in now, it actually gives the initiative back to the farming community to reduce their actual carbon output, but also to get the acknowledgement from what they have on the land. Like when they grow grass, when they grow hedges, if you have a bog, all these take in carbon at a daily basis. We now must calculate that and put that into a natural figure and that can be taken against our actual carbon budget going forward. And like we have a huge agricultural industry in Ireland. It really is one of the primary industries in our society and we must make sure that we protect it going forward. And I don't think we did enough throughout this bill to protect the agricultural community. Um, the Climate Action Committee failed to actually bring forward um, representations from the farming groups when they actually met over the last few years. It was amazing if we've over 35% of the emissions and we'd no farmer come and talk to the actual group. That was a kind of failure. Hopefully we've readdressed that balance by bringing forward these amendments. And we readdressed it by giving the opportunity for the farming community to get acknowledgement for the removals regarding the actual carbon. And with the Climate Action Bill going through the Shannon, where does it go after that, Tim? What's the process? Yeah, so the Climate Action Bill now has been amended, and because it's been amended, it has to now go back to the Dáil to actually pass. So we're expecting next week to go to the Dáil. Um, the timelines are exceptionally tight, so it has to be passed by the Dáil next week, and then it'll be signed into law by the President. Cork Senator Tim Lumbard on the changes made to the Climate Action Bill in the Shannon. Joining us this week is Tiagasc advisor Noreen O'Reilly and over the next few Farm Talk programmes we're looking at all aspects of biodiversity. Today we discuss why biodiversity has become an issue on Irish farms and first Noreen explains what biodiversity is on the farm. Biodiversity is around us every day on our farms and within the countryside so it's the range of habitats throughout the countryside that we've taken for granted and that exists alongside with us. So you're looking at the hedgerows, the trees, scrubs, just the grasslands. And then even within crops, uh, you're looking at field margins and even the margins there that are within the fields or within the passages. Farm buildings, heatlands, upland grassland, wetland grassland. And then even, I suppose, things that we would say of huge habitat or biodiversity um, benefit would be like ponds, lakes and rivers. So, look, these are all, we'll say there is a wide range of them, we'll say, within our countryside, within our farms. But the farmers, we the farmers within the countryside, are the custodians of these habitats. So what actions we take from a day-to-day basis can have a big effect on, on the biodiversity within the farms and within the countryside. Biodiversity has become an issue on the farm for a number of reasons. What are the main issues there that farmers will face with biodiversity? Farmers and, and people, because we'll say this has all an effect on, on, on all of us, we'll say um, farmers as food producers, people as food consumers and people living within the environments are consuming water or, as I say, air quality. So really, I suppose the issue that people would have heard of a lot recently would be the different issues on water quality. 
You're looking then also, we'll say, for food production and we'll say um, even, we'll say, the visual um, appearance of countryside. We have maybe the reduction of pollinators within the world. I suppose then again, something that has been maybe an issue for years is probably the reduction on bird numbers and maybe the reduction on successful nesting pairs. And just overall, probably the reduction or maybe loss of, of habitat. This is all really down to the management of our lands or the change of our methods of management of lands. Over the years, maybe um, hedgerow removal or even the over-maintaining hedgerows in that they would be kind of just trimmed too frequently or trimmed too severely. We'll say no field margins left. or And so therefore, if you've no field margins within a crop and you have monoculture, and then throughout the countryside, then that is the problem with pollinators, that there is actually no plants for them to to, to, to actually harvest their their food from. And then if you don't have pollinators or insects, then you have reduction in food for birds. So there, it is all, all interlinked. So all our actions on our crop choice, uh, how we manage our fields, how we'll say, uh, as I say, a monoculture we'd have within our fields. We could have fields and fields and fields of just ryegrass. Or we could have fields of grass with a variation of grasses and clovers and legumes and such, we'll say, within it. And just even field margins or ditches. So there has been maybe an issue on on what's within the countryside. But we can just do a bit of tweaking maybe to, to just change that. Tagusk advisor Noreen O'Rahilly and we'll have an extended interview on the topic of biodiversity in next Wednesday night's programme. The Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine has launched its report on the proposed regulation of veterinary medicines in Ireland. The report identifies key findings and recommendations from four days of hearings with relevant stakeholders held between November 2020 and April 2021 to discuss the veterinary medicines regulation, which will begin in January 2022. Regulation legislates for the authorisation, use and monitoring of veterinary medicinal products in the European Union. It came into effect in January 2019 and applies in all EU member states from the 28th of January 2022. The regulation follows the adoption of a proposal in 2014 to develop fit-for-purpose veterinary legislation, which would no longer be based on the equivalent human medicines authorisation system. Clonakilty Agricultural College has an open day by appointment on Thursday, July 15th. Anyone interested in the autumn courses should ring 023-8832-500 to book a time for a guided tour. Noreen O'Rahilly joins me again now to tell us a little bit more about it. Keith Kennedy there, the principal in Clonakilty College, have asked me to remind you, you would have heard of it last week as well, but that they are having an open day this year by appointment so um, you would get actually a guided tour, but you have to book your time for that guided tour. And it's for people who are interested in the autumn courses within Clannacilty College. The open day by appointment is Thursday, the 15th of July. And you actually ring for an appointment to book your time in for this guided tour. So it is 023-8832-500. So 023 
Thanks, Noreen. Kildalton College in County Kilkenny have one more open day on the 12th of August. Details are available at kildalton.college at tiagask.ie. IFA Farm Family Chair Ms Caroline Farrell said the report from the Health and Safety Authority HSA on workplace fatalities is a reminder of the dangers of working on farms. 23 people lost their lives on farms in 2020. Of those, 12 were under 65 years of age. Ms Farrell said we'll continue to promote best practice to reduce the risk on farms. There is, she said, a particular issue with the age profile of our sector, which is part of a wider debate on measures needed to encourage younger blood and generational renewal. Farm Safety Week will begin on Monday, 19th of July. Now in its ninth year, the week sees the Irish Farmers Association, IFA, working alongside the UK's Farm Safety Partnership to bring the message of Rethink Safety to the farming community. The theme, Rethink Safety, reminds farmers of just how important it is to think safety and well-being first when it comes to farm work and farm life. In line with this year's Rethink Safety message, a number of initiatives are planned to encourage and promote best practice for farm safety for the week and beyond. And that's Farm Safety Week beginning on Monday 19th of July. Miss Farrell points out that two virtual Farm Safe and Wellbeing forums will be run which will cover a range of safety topics and issues as well as looking at supporting our physical and mental well-being. Other activities will feature on social media and a dedicated online FarmSafe hub will be launched at the beginning of the week of 19th of July. It will be a long-lasting resource for farmers to use and navigate. Local cooperatives will be offering in-store discounts on an array of safety equipment and safety accessories. For the younger members of farm households, the IFA has teamed up with AgriKids for an art competition where children can design their own farm safety poster. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The introduction of checks by monitoring CBM for the protein aid scheme in 2021 is, the Department of Agriculture points out, the first step in the implementation of the AMS Area Monitoring System. That will be compulsory in the new CAP. CBM, the department points out, is an automated and continuous process which will use satellite data along with other data sources to determine the agricultural activity on all land parcels declared by farmers under the Protein Aid Scheme in 2021. The department has written to all Protein Aid Scheme applicants with some helpful data on the bringing in of checks by monitoring, CBM, for the Protein Aid Scheme in 2021. To coincide with this, a webinar took place on Tuesday 29th of June, where scheme applicants could learn more about the process and what it means for them. For those who were not in a position to attend back on the 29th of June, a recording of the webinar will be made available on the department's website. The use of satellite data and technology such as AgriSnap, the department's geotagged photo app for checks by monitoring, will have significant benefits for farmers, the department claims. For example, they say, CBM, checks by monitoring, facilitates prior notification of protein aid scheme applicants of non-compliances concerning crop type and provides the applicant with the opportunity to amend their claim accordingly without suffering any penalty. 
And for listeners who are not in a position to attend the webinar back on Tuesday, 29th of June, regarding the protein scheme, then applicants may view a recording of the webinar available on the department's website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Clonakilty is in the news for two separate food initiatives this week. Scally Supervalue Clonakilty achieved certification for their butcher's department under the Board Bia Retail Butcher Assurance Scheme. It ensures all meat for sale at the counter is fully traceable through every stage of the supply chain, reassuring the customer of the integrity of the product they buy. Meanwhile, Clonakilty Gluten-Free Kitchen launched its brand this week and celebrates its rapid expansion of the last number of months from 2 to 20 stockists to Cross County Cork, as well as edging its way into Limerick and Kerry. Clonakilty Gluten-Free Kitchen originated in 2015 as a specialised in-store gluten-free bakery, the first of its kind in Ireland, again in Scally Supervalue in Clonakilty. In the autumn of 2020, Neil Scally took the reins to grow the brand from a gluten-free unit to the rear of the store into a fully-fledged independent business. The brand moved to a new standalone production unit in Bandon last October and now employs five staff. Our sponsor Dairy Gold has partnered with Trees on the Land to supply 20,000 native broadleaf trees free to Dairy Gold milk and tillage suppliers. John O'Connor is with me to tell me more about this project. Any Dairy Gold milk and tillage supplier who wishes to receive free trees to plant on their own farm simply needs to complete the online application on the Dairy Gold or Trees on the Land websites. All suppliers should soon be receiving a text message anyway with a link to this online form. And can Dairy Gold Tillage and Dairy Suppliers order their trees by phone? Yes, indeed. The phone number is 022 31644. That's 022 31644. Although it's a first-come, first-served basis for the trees, 20,000 trees is a sizable quantity, but feedback indicates the Trees on the Land offer of these free native trees will be very popular. Presumably, there will be some conditions attached to the offer to ensure it's successful. There are a number of conditions in broad outline. Some of the main ones are a minimum of 25 trees per person and a maximum of 250 trees allowed per milk or tillage supplier. Tree packs available in 25s, 50s, 100s or 250 trees. Trees will be either delivered to a distribution centre near you for collection or delivered to your farm during the planting season. And the planting season would be between December 2021 this year to March of next year, 2022. And that's to be confirmed. The trees must be planted on your own land. That's trees must be planted on your own land. Trees must be fenced off from livestock, but a single-line electric fence will be adequate on a dairy-only livestock farm. And when you receive the free trees from Dairy Gold and you plant them on your own land, do you have unfettered ownership of these trees? Participants must provide consent to allow Dairy Gold to include the planted trees in future biodiversity initiatives. As I hinted earlier in our conversation, tree numbers are limited and Dairy Gold's milk and tillage suppliers will receive the trees in question on a first-come, first-served basis. The closing date for applications is 31st of August 2021. And John, can you remind listeners about some of the important benefits of having trees growing on your land? Well, just a few of the better known and more Obvious benefits of trees, quite apart from any commercial value the tree crop would have at maturity. They would be shelter for your livestock, the health and welfare of your livestock, 
increased biodiversity on your farm, mitigation of carbon emissions, helping to protect water quality, improving soil quality, and of course, not least, um, social and mental benefits of greenery. And where can listeners find out more about the Dairy Gold Biodiversity Tree Project? More on the project can be found in the July issue of the Dairy Gold Suppliers Milk Matters magazine. July issue, or listeners may read Milk Matters magazine on the Dairy Gold website. And Dairy Gold are partnered with the organisation Trees on the Land. Yes, there are contributions from Imogen Rabone, Trees on the Land, in addition to Kira Donovan, Dairy Gold Farm Sustainability Advisor, and Orla Tynan, Head of EHS and Sustainability at Dairy Gold. Listeners and readers of Milk Matters magazine are invited to contact Kira Donovan with any queries they may have on farm sustainability. Kira has an email address, cdonovan at dairygold.ie, all lowercase, and a telephone number, contact number 086-793-0883. That's 086-793-0883. The Trees on the Land website is very interesting in its own right on the tree planting which they promote. And a reminder for Dairy Gold Co-op Dairy and Tillage Suppliers, you can apply for trees by phone at 022 Three one six double four. That's o two two three one six double four, or by online application form. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. On the Dairy Gold website, but you will be receiving or have received already a text in this connection. Thanks for that, John. Dairy Gold partnering with Trees on the Land to supply 20,000 native broadleaf trees free to Dairy Gold milk and tillage suppliers. For our weekly update on Makra events in Cork, here's Ashling Walsh. On a Cork county level, this Wednesday saw Muskery Makra walk Clara Mountain in the 11 Peaks Challenge with Sean Wallace and Elaine Houlihan. This fundraiser for the Air Ambulance is going absolutely great. Make sure to donate if you can and join them along the way. The 11 Peaks have now left Cork and they take to Clare Macra next Saturday. Make sure to join them if you can. We wish them well in the final stages of their journey. Culmination be on the 24th of July as they take on Caron Tuval with Kerry Makra, 
Well done to everyone who took part in Farm Skills nationally. We didn't enter a team this year ourselves, but we'd like to say well done to Leash Makra on their win. On a Cork County level, many clubs are holding their AGMs at the moment. But in the meantime, if you'd like to join a Makra club, please send us a message and we'll put you in touch with your nearest club. There are clubs all over the country and it's well worth joining them if you can. Lots of clubs such as uh, Dunamore and Fremount are holding sports nights in a socially distant manner outdoors. And thanks to Ashling Walsh for the Makra update this week. Mr Sean McNamara, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association Sheep Committee Chair, said processors are slashing sheep prices purely to frighten farmers into selling. And he went on to claim that factories were trying to generate panic in the trade with consecutive and dramatic price cuts. But he said that the reality was supplies are tight at the moment. Factory fit lambs are scarce on the ground, so sheep farmers are actually in a strong position to resist what he called these scare tactics and to fight for a decent price for their sheep. Sean McNamara pointed out that with the Eid al-Adha festival coming up from 19th to 23rd of July inclusive, the demand for lamb is out there, as is traditionally the case for Eid. Yet prices, he said, had been slashed by €40 Euro a head in the last three weeks. He contended it made no sense, particularly when we know that major processors are still importing large volumes of lamb carcasses from the UK on a weekly basis. Our advice to farmers is to sell as hard as possible and to walk away if factories refuse to step up to the €6.50 a kg mark at the very minimum. A statement there from the ICSA sheep chair, Mr Sean McNamara, claiming sheep farmers are now in a strong position to fight for prices despite what he claimed were processor scare tactics. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer, offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.